is Hebrew Hits, presented by JTribeRadio.com. I'm your host, Malia, and I sit down with people who live by the motto, it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and today I have the privilege of sitting down with Uzi Bodner. He just came out with a new song called You Are With Me, Kiata Imadi. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm great. I know that we know you for your music. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how you grew up, what type of community you lived in, a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I think you heard of that place. Um, and uh, actually, I was born, to be honest, I was born in Lakewood. Um, I moved to Brooklyn, New York when I was really young. I don't even remember, about two and a half years old. And I grew up in Brooklyn. Um and I feel like at the age of 12, I lived in a community called Kensington. I wouldn't call it a community, I would call it a neighborhood. And then we moved to Flatbush when I was about 12 years old. And I lived there until I got married. Well, well, you know something funny, you say Kensington. I always knew Brooklyn was Flatbush, Bower Park. I never knew there was like a place called Kensington until like two months ago. I found out there's this place called Kensington. I'm like, what's Kensington? Really? <laughs> But Kensington is like a very small few blocks. It's like in between Flatbush and Barber Park. So, um, yeah, but I only, you know, until I was really, until I was 12 years old, that's all I was there for. So you have a very unique name, Uzi. I never met anybody who has that name. Is it, is the name actually Uzi? It, does it stand for something? Is it a nickname? And where did it come from? It's very funny you should mention that. That's, that's basically the question I get all the time. Um, my name is really Uziel, and I have a, I have a middle name as well, Nachum. Uh, I'm named after someone, an ancestor from, you know, uh, way back. Um, my friends started calling me Uzi really when I was in school. I'm trying to think. I think when I was like in elementary, it just became like a nickname. I remember it's, I remember being really young and I didn't like it at first. Like I told people, don't call me Uzi, my name is Uzi. And then like it, it caught on and I got used to it. And and I, I introduce myself as Uzi now. I don't even introduce myself with my, you know, my real name, Uziel. Um, it's funny that Uziel itself is a very not a common name. And I ask my parents all, all the time, like, what do you do to me? Why? <laughs> Why? And, and then the, their response was like, well, would you rather us like name you something, you know, not unique, like a Maishi? You want to be Maishi? You want to be David? I say, good point, you know. So, um, but as, as it's, it's brought down in, 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 um, in a lot of Sfarim that parents have like a Ruch Kedesh when, they're, when they name the child, like a Ruch Kedesh comes down upon them that, you know, this should be his name without really knowing the reason why. And I say this, I'm, I'm actually one boy, I'm a one son out of eight daughters that they have. Wow. And, yeah. And oh, I guess God. they must have known that with Ruch HaKadosh, so let's give him a unique name, you know, because <laughs> we won't have any more. So that's, that's really where Uzi comes from. So I'm a girl myself, but I grew up in a boy home because I have six brothers, and it seems like you yeah. grew up in a girl home. So how is it? I always wanted to be part of like a girl family. How is it to be part of like a girl home? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it's actually, it's, it's funny because you're asking it from a boy's perspective. So I'm going to say it's hard, but I'm sure you would have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it's, you know, I don't really know anything else. I, th- that's what I know as, as a family, you know, growing up in a girl's house. 
Um, my wife actually has a lot of brothers. So like now, I mean, I'm, I'm married for a few years. So like now I'm getting used to like having a lot of boys around. I mean, if I, I had friends or whatever, but like family wise, you know, now I'm, I'm seeing such a difference. What a contrast it really is to be growing up in a boy's family and in a girl's family. And it's like, it's, you know, sometimes when I'm by their house and, or by my in-laws house and there's old boys around, I'm like, wow, I missed this growing up. But you know what? Hashem puts us in the, in, in the places where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that was it. That, that was like, that it was like that for me. It was all girls, but it's, it's funny. People ask me if I'm like spoiled, if I was spoiled. I'll tell you right now, no, because I was number two. Um, I have one older sister and then it was me. And then it was seven girls. Wow. So you don't get that spoiled only son thing unless you're the youngest. Right. Imagine your mom had like eight girls and then you, you would have been the prince. You probably still are. Correct. Correct. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Devlin. You're probably still the prince anyways, no? You're probably... Um, a little more when I got older, actually more than I was younger, because I think like I was the only boy and they didn't know like really how to deal with me. Like, how do we deal with boys? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is a... We don't have to deal with girls. We only got one of them. So I was, I was probably a little harder than my sister's. So no, it, it, it wasn't, I didn't grow up that way as like, uh, you know, as a spoiled prince. So this is totally like off the cuff. I just want to ask you this question now that we're talking about growing up in a girl home. Do you feel yeah. like you know how to talk to women? Like, you know how to, like, you know a little bit more about them because you have so many sisters? Um, in a way, yes. In a way, I have been told, yes, you know, like, you know how to, um, you know, I guess when I was dating, it was, you know, it was maybe a little bit easier for me than it was for some guys. It happens to be not only, not only was, did I have a lot of sisters, I had, my sisters also always brought friends and my parents have a very open uh, house. And a lot of them, you know, were even like lived by us, literally lived by us for various reasons, couldn't be home or whatever. And one of them, they hosted for, you know, months. Some of them were like literally like sort of quote unquote adopted in the family So I was, I just was brought up with like, yeah, women around Baruch Hashem. I think they say most of my personality did not turn into a woman, not that it's a bad thing, just that I'm a guy. So, you know, um, but I'm sure there's some things there that you can tell. I think that did, it probably did help me out in the long run in that, in that aspect. Wow, that's that's. There so are awesome. guys who grow up. I have friends who grow up with only brothers, and then then you know when they start shidduchim and they have to you know they have to date girls, and they're like, I don't know what to do. You know, you you, you go to yeshiva, or whatever. You don't like really interact with women that much. That you know. Do you find that the last question about about your growing up with girls? Because I think it's so interesting that you have eight sisters. Yeah, it definitely is, and I forgot to mention one point. My parents had a had a uh, child at an older age. I was already twenty two. Wow. And you think you think at that point when they're you know they're you know the last the, the last chance you think it'd finally be a boy but no I have a very cute little sister seven years old right now oh my god yeah well, your own children are they the same age my I actually I actually have three daughters as well no no sons no, no sons, sons. Well, no <laughs> sons my oldest is five so she's close to the same age as my sister yeah wow but anyways I sorry I interjected I I. Uh, Just one other question I want to ask you, just because I'm a girl and I think this is so fascinating. Do you find that guys that grow up in a boy home are tougher than, let's say, you who grew up in a girl home? Definitely. Definitely. I think that's something that did rub off on me when you asked me before 
Uh, do I feel like, you know, I can deal with women? I, I'm definitely a lot, you know, a, a lot. I don't want to say, um, I don't want to say girly, but I'm a lot softer because of that. I don't know. I got to ask people who know me. I don't think there's anything tough about me because of that. And I have friends who have, you know, 10 brothers and no sisters and they're rough and gruff all the way, you know. Wow. So basically yeah. the lesson that you're teaching, if any girl wants a nice, gentle guy, go out with a guy who has a lot of sisters. <laughs> um, yes. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a blanket rule, blanket statement. I'm sure there's, there's many uh, sweet, uh, you know, soft guys where I have a lot of brothers and, and there are, but I do see it more. You know, with you have you grow up with a lot of sisters, you're a little you're a little bit less. I guess rough or tough, you know. You know, it's funny because my 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 sisters when they go out and then like let's say I would know the you know, I would know the guy that they're prospectively would date, and I would say, uh, I don't know, this is a good idea. He's got a lot of brothers, you're not gonna be used to this, you know. <laughs> this is a true story. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, getting to your music, I'm really curious to find out how you got into music. How I got into music. Literally, since I was really young, I just did something that I, that was my passion. I, I wasn't singing really as a young child. I wasn't like in any professional choir groups or in any sort of singing on stage. I loved to sing, but it was more that I was such an avid, you know, Jewish music fan. I was able to like repeat any song. If somebody wanted to know where songs come from, where they used to come to me, I was looking, where's this song from? Where's that, you know, that more Hyman David song from? What album? And I would know it. I'm not as good now anymore. I used to be when I had more time on my hands. But that, I just really, since I was really young. So then I, that was like my dream. Like one day, one day, maybe I'll put it now. One day, maybe me. And then I started professionally training to sing when I was, I mean, I was in yeshiva. I was a bar in yeshiva. I was about 17 or 18 years old. I, every time I came home, I was in that Italian yeshiva. But every time, anytime I came home, I would go to like a lesson and, you know, I would wait a whole month to get to that lesson. And then from there, you know, I'm like, I really want to take this new level. But it's funny that you, you mentioned that also, because even in yeshiva, I went to these out-of-town yeshivas where I had, I, I had I'd literally, besides learn, we had no other outlet. We had no other outlet. And it was sometimes, you know, really hard. And Baruch Hashem, I was able to, you know, when I, when I, I was since I appreciated music, I was able to take music and make that my outlet. And, you know, it helped me. It helped me through yeshiva years. And, like, I used to memorize Every song, you know, that's really all I had to do as an outlet. Just listen to all the old stuff, the new stuff. Really, so really to answer your question throughout my whole life. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy that you brought up that it's an outlet because I think it's so important for boys since I have a lot of brothers I see. They're in yeshiva all day and then they don't even have like sports in yeshiva. They don't have, they don't have, and it can get really tough on the guys. So just know. Well, you do have sports. Uh, I'm uh, sorry to inter intercept you. Yeah. You do have sports. I was never, I was, since I'm, again, I'm a one boy out of eight girls. I was never good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like, nah, it's not for me. I'm not, I'm not good at it. I'm not, you know, I would enjoy playing it from here to there. And I still, you know, here and there, I still do. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> And later on, I went to, it's very funny, I went to other yeshivas that were, they were so serious about sports, like on Fridays after our Seder, they would go have a football game, yeah. and they would ask me if I would want to play, they would never, you know, leave me out. I'm like, I'm just going to ruin your game, leave me out of it, <laughs> you play football, do your thing, I'm just going to ruin it for you, and so that's, so that's why that was never my outlet is sports. Oh, but you found, what's important is that you found an outlet that you could sing, and that's what you love to do, so that's very, very important. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I, I I would think my yeshiva in my yeshiva years 
as they say in Yiddish, made me shtag not only in learning, but in music also, because I listen to so much music in my dorm while I'm trying to, you know, while they're going around in high school, they're going around making sure everyone's going to sleep. I listen under my covers and listening to my iPod, you know. Wow. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Your song, You Are With Me, just came out, Kiata Imadi. Now, number, first question, is it two different names, the English and the Hebrew? How, what do you call it? You Are With Me or Kiata Imadi? That's a very good question. It's a very good question. You know, I'm still not sure myself. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Really, the song was Kiata Imadi. When it came to my desk, the song, it was, it was from the songwriter. Um, it was Kiata Imadi. However, I, I, I'll get to that in a second. I, I don't like, you know, putting out things that sound so generic and cliche. So I wanted, I want, since it's an English song, I wanted to like first give, I, I wanted to give the, um, the impression that this is not your regular, uh, regular Hebrew, you know, not there's anything wrong with that, but it's an English country song. I wanted to give the impression that there's something different about this. So I didn't want to quote only Kiati Madi. So I just took the English translation and, and called the song by that translation but, you know, included the Hebrew in parentheses, as you see on the on the cover. I think it's very smart that you did that because anybody could listen to it. Like, let's say somebody who doesn't know how to speak Hebrew and they're going through the song. They're like, I don't even know how to read that. I don't even know what it says. But you are with me. Everybody could hear. And everyone's like, you are with me. That's what does that mean? Let me let me let me listen to right. what the song's all about. So why don't you share what is the meaning behind the song and why did you write this song? The meaning. So I actually didn't write it. We did write Part of it, Donnie Gross and I, the producer of the song, in the, in the studio on the spot, the bridge, the, the bridge was written together. Um, however, the, the 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 main part of the song was written by a very talented guy. He wants to really, he calls himself Alcana. He he likes to remain name remain nameless for now. Um, but um, he a very talented guy, um, a uh, you know single guy, twenty year old Bacher. It's a very like mature song. When I heard it, he was so young, I was like, wow, you know. You know, because it's very mature for a young, you know, a young, a young man. But um, it was written by him. He sent it to me months ago, way before COVID started. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. How like it, it had a different sound. It didn't have the country feel that we made afterwards. But I'm like, a lot could be done with this song. It's a great message. At the time, I wasn't looking into putting out music, more music at the time, and, and I held it aside. And then we went through those crazy few months. And during those months, like we really need a good message now to get us through these crazy times um so i went back to it and i think like I, th- I think this is you know s- such a great vibe such a great message we decided you know this is something we all can relate to like we, we, it, the song's about how we have to always feel that hashem is with us no matter what we're, we're not we're not in control of anything no matter what's going on and and we just have to keep reminding ourselves because we're human beings. We don't, you know, this is something that it's brought down that Amuna is something, it's a lifelong work. It's not something you just, all right, I got Amuna, good. You got to keep reminding yourself. And it's a message to tell message to tell yourself every time you go through something hard, every time you, you know, or even when you're going through something good, it's not, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone. And, and we did it in, you know, in a fun style, a fun country style. Um, that's catchy, I, I hope at least. And uh, I hope, you know, I hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a great song. And I love that meaning. May I ask you why that boy decided he didn't want to sing it himself or he just composes songs? Like He just composes songs. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a vocalist. He's not a singer himself. Mm-hmm. He's not a singer. That's the way it usually works in Jewish music. Um, I mean, it works like that in secular music as well, a little bit. Um, not every song that you hear someone singing is their song. Um, but Jewish music overall... Many times it is the, the singer himself that wrote it, 
but many times is that they got it from somebody else who was looking for somebody to bring it out and and bring it to life. They themselves, let's say, either can't sing or don't want to sing or or you know or or just not what they do. So they they give it over. But yeah, you're gonna hear more from this guy. He actually he's he has a couple stuff coming out with different artists. And he's still um, keeping yeah. quiet. He's not saying his name or who he is. He's not saying his name because I know it sounds strange. He says he's until he's like married and you know settled down. He wants to stay out of the limelight. Interesting. So he's doing it for yeah. different purposes. No, he wants not at all. Just on the contrary, he's not. He won't be cool. Oh, I mean, he's staying quiet for different purposes. Um, could be. He didn't say that straight out. He just says he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. You know, have his name out there yet. But okay. one day. Respect that. Yeah. Respect that decision. Uh, yeah, me too. I think that we should play your song right now for our listeners. What do you think? Let's do it. You want to introduce it? This is Kiati Madi. You are with me by myself, played by Malia. Thank you. All the times I was afraid, there never was a time I felt alone. Of nights and the coldest of days, I thank you, the one above. I'm on this journey to find my way. The future seems uncertain and unknown, but one thing is constant. I know that you'll be there. I thank you, Hashem Cause I believe in you, my father, the king of the world And no matter what I know, that you are with me Open my eyes and recognize that I am not by myself It's true, Cause I believe in you, my father, the king of the world And no matter what, I know that you are with me Open my eyes and recognize that I am not by myself It's true, I know, yes I know The world may seem so out of control I see yeah, I see, it's always good for me And I pray, yeah, I pray That there's never a day When I feel so far away Far away from you I 
Cause I believe in you, my father, the king of the world And no matter what I know, that you are with me Open my eyes, I recognize that I am not by myself It's true, yeah, I come in my It's true, yeah, it's true, yeah, I come That was Kiata Imadi by Uzi Bodner right here on Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and we are back with Uzi Bodner. So Uzi, this song has tremendous power, and a lot of your songs are so inspiring. Have you ever had a story where someone said you changed their life, your music changed their life? And if so, can you share that story? Um, I'd love to think I change people's lives for the better. I, I don't think I have that, the, the music has that power yet. But even if it makes somebody's day a little bit brighter or gives a little bit chizik, you know, then it's all worth it. Um, you know, as, as everyone knows, Jewish music today, there's not too much money involved, you know, meaning making money, uh, spending a lot, but making. Um, but it, it's all, it all becomes worth it when somebody tells you that they had either chizik from it or, or you know, or it, it helped them in any way. I've, yes, I've had people reach out to me or reach out to people that I know. They were going through a very hard time, and they said they listened to some of my some of my music, which just helped them get through whatever they were going through. And that, for someone who puts out music, is is like the biggest compliment. I'm I'm doing something good here. This is that's the whole point. I'm doing something good here, and I'm doing something that 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 helps people. And that's the point of music. And that's what the, the point should should be. And the positive feedback is what keeps you going and saying, "Wow, I'm so happy I put out that song." Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, like I said, a lot of times, you know, I, I can only speak for myself. But a lot of times, you know, we have have, you know, self-doubt. Like, why did I do that? Why did I do this? Maybe I should have done this differently, should have done that differently. And then, like, you get positive feedback for it. And you're like, wow, OK, I got to keep doing this. I got to keep this. It's making a difference. It's making a difference. You know, like I got to I got to keep putting stuff out. Because it's not easy being an artist in any sense, musical artist, any kind of artist that's not like, oh, this is my job. It, it is hard, so to keep going. So how do you get over the self-doubt, though, besides for just getting the positive feedback? How do you personally get, get over any self-doubt? Um, it's funny. Um, that actually, I, we'll, we'll probably uh, we'll mention that later, but my song, Hey Ha, talks about that. <laughs> it's my song. This is something that always I have struggled with throughout my life, that, you know, when somebody says something, you, 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 you know, I take seriously what people say, which... You got to do, you know, really what you feel is the right thing to do. If, you know, there are always going to be haters out there and there's always going to be people that say, don't do this and don't do that, don't do this. But if this is something that makes you happy and thinks that you, this is the right thing for you to do. And, and you know, obviously it's between Hashem and yourself, but, you know, you're not going to listen to whatever, whatever, what anyone else says. You got to have faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. And you got to get over a doubt to anyone that puts into your, you know, in, into your mind. So that being said... Uh, Baruch Hashem, if I feel there's a strong a strong message in a song where this is a song that can, can catch on, you got to go for it. You got to go with your gut feeling. So let's talk about your song, Hey Ha, since we're already on the topic. Yeah. I personally love this song. And the point that I loved it so much, I used it in my logo reveal video. So thank you so much for allowing me to right. use this song. Of course. Thank you for using it. Yeah. It was, because it was, of Hebrew hits, that's it. I've, I've got, it's been going viral since. Oh, great. I'm so happy. <laughs> but it definitely gives off a very strong message. So what do you mind sharing 
What were you feeling when you wrote this song or what brought you to write this song? A lot of us, you know, we, we go through life, uh, you know, thinking like we, we want to go through, want to go down a certain path. We want to do this. We want to do that. And we're just afraid to do it for what people are going to say or people are going to, you know, say about us or to us. We're afraid, you know, you know, this one, this person might think that about me. This person might think that about me. It goes through, it's a lot like that in life. You know, sometimes people live their life just to impress other people. People live their whole lives trying with peer pressure, trying to just, just to be better. So what the other person should say about them. It's crazy. If you think about that, you know, I know people who've made, you know, growing people who made decisions either what school they're going to, what yeshiva they're going to, what, 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 what line of work they're going into, just because their friends were doing it. And even though that wasn't the right decision for them, but everyone else is doing it. So let me follow the crowd and do what the crowd is telling me to do. I brought this up with Ellie Schwab, who wrote that song, Hey Ha. He was like, wow, that, that, that is so fresh and unique and we don't have too many, uh, too many songs with that. You know, because it's so hard to get something. You, it's, there's so many... You're so limited in Jewish music, so limited what you can write about, we can sing about, you know, we got to keep it all, you know, in, you know, in all in one, you know, all kosher one context that it's hard to come with something fresh. And this is something that I have been feeling, you know, feeling for a long time that something should be sung about. And that's really how it came about. That's how it came about, that idea. We got the song. I brought it to Miriam Israeli, who wrote the lyrics. He uh, wrote everything, actually. He ran English. There and people love the idea, and that's how it came out. It's definitely one of my favorite songs recently. Thank you, mine too. <laughs> what exactly does hey ha mean? Because I know in different languages, like ha in Hindi, that's Indian, means yes, and hey in English is like hey. So, like, is it a Hebrew word? Like, what is hey ha? It means absolutely nothing, actually. It means oh. absolutely nothing, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you how it started. Um, when I went to, as we spoke about earlier, I went to a lot of different composers who, who helped write some songs for me. And I went to meet Ali Schwab for this song in his house. He was like, we, we had a meeting. It was a Matzah Shabbos. It was Saturday night. And we planned to meet at a certain time. This is going back like two, three years. I don't even remember what, you know, exactly when it was. But um, I come to his door and I'm like, I knock on his door and he doesn't hear me because I hear him through the window. He is banging on his piano. He's banging, banging. All he's saying over, hey, ha, na, 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 I can't, you know, hey, ha, na, 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 right? And there was no other words. There was no other lyrics to it at the time. And I'm calling his cell phone like, dude, I'm outside your door, open your door. And he doesn't hear me. And finally, he, he, he hears the phone. He comes to the door and I'm like, I don't know what you're playing. I don't know whether, but whatever it is, I want that song. We're going to work on that right now. And we sat for the next two hours working on that song. And we decided, since the song was born with those words, hey, ha, let's keep it in there. Let's keep it in there. It's just catchy. It's, 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 um, hey, like, like you said, a little bit, we're, we're trying to say like, hey, you, you know, listen, listen to me, listen to this message. And I was asked many times, like, why do you decide to call albums to a weird name? Hey, how? Like, Uzi, I'm, something with me is weird names. I like, you know, <laughs> um, the, and the answer is because I, I didn't really, I, I wanted something out of the box that brings attention to the album, that brings brings attention to the song. If I would have called it some random, some pick some random words, and just like, well, okay, just like everything else, you know? I wanted, I wanted some attention to it. Like, hey, okay, that's interesting. What's this about? And then it gives the listener wants to listen to that. And hey, I like the song, you know? So that was really the reasoning behind calling the album and the song that. 
Well, I'm so happy that I got to ask you that question because that's so how the name came about. And it's so unique. And I think that's what's great about your music is that it's different. It doesn't just follow the same like, oh, this this title and this title. So many people reuse the same titles. And like a song like Hey Ha, that caught my eye. It really did because I was like, what in the world is this? And I played it and I'm, I walk around my house singing Hey Ha and everyone's like, okay, like I just, I love it. It's yeah. just <laughs> really fun. Thank you. Thank you. So let me ask you this. You're in the music industry. Is there anything that you would change about the music industry? Um... What do you think I would change? Well, again, this, of course, as I, as I think I mentioned earlier, earlier as well, that it's not what it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Again, I wasn't in, I was, I was very young at that time, but not what it used to be. There's, there's much less money for, you know, nobody really makes money now of putting out music. That's obviously out of our hands. It's just technology that, that, you know, that streaming came in and, Obviously, if I could change the way that we people listen to music, maybe I would. But you got to think of it. You got to think of it in the bright side. Because of streaming, maybe people are buying buying your music less, but it's getting out there much more than it could have could have 15, 20 years ago. Because of streaming, you know, people have playlists and people have their you know the the algorithms of the uh, of the streaming sites know what you like from your past history. And let's say no no one you know if someone hasn't heard of my music before. But they like something similar, so the algorithm will put it in and play it in the playlist. Like, hey, oh, who, who's, where's the song from? Where's this music from? You know, oh, I like this album. So, due to that, I, I, I love that part about you know streaming. But then again, we're we're not making as much money as they as we used to. Otherwise, I, I like a lot what's going on in Jewish music now. There's so much creativity. There's so much. So there's a lot of variety out there. You have, you know, from Mordechai Shapiro to Joey Nukam, who, you know, told two different styles of music. But then again, this, the crowds love both, you know. So it's not something you really had so many years, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It was, it was, all, it was all the same stuff. I mean, I don't mean that literally, but it was, I mean that like, you know, all had the classic Jewish sound, which today I'm, I love that the creativity is open. You can go a lot of, you have more heartsick, you have more, I guess you call pop. And that's something we didn't have 20 years ago. So you would say it's still worth it, even though there's not that much money in music right now, you would say it's still worth it that you work hard, you spend the money, because it is money that you're putting into it. Right. Um, would I say worth it? It really depends. It depends. If you're looking to make money or expecting to make money, then it's not worth it. There are a few select artists who are making a lot of money off Jewish music, but not that many. Most of us, most of us, you know, are 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 counting on the on the weddings or on the you know on the simchas or on the gigs that they're getting. But if you're looking to inspire people and, and give a strong message and get out there, then it's it's totally worth it. Yes, so that's so inspiring to me that you keep mm. doing it even though there is no money in it and you work really, really, really hard at it. Right, as as you as you know, I don't know if it's, it's it's you know, I don't know if you can tell, but it's there are a lot less new artists than there used to be because of the money that goes in. There used to be, and you know, going back even five, five years ago, six, seven years ago, there were a lot more artists coming out. Now, just to put out something, it costs an arm and a leg. Yeah. So, you know, you got it, you know, but Baruch Hashem, I had the opportunity, I was able to put, you know, I'm able to put out music and, and just to hear people are inspired about it. It keeps me going. Wow. So I want to play your song, Keha, right now. Sure. And then we'll get Let's back to more questions because I want to know if there's anything else you do besides for music. So I guess you'll tell us that right after this short break. Do you want to introduce the song again? 
This is Hey Ha by myself, played by Malia on Hebrew Hits. <laughs> I got to get Uzi Bader as my co-host on the show. That was great. No problem. That would be my, my honor. Give me 
back. That was Uzi Bodner's song, Hey Ha. Welcome back to the show. Uzi, now that we're back, can you tell us, is there anything else you do besides for playing and creating music? Yes, yes, I do, actually. We, I have a, uh, I have, you know, a startup lighting business where we sell lighting products to, you know, electricians or um, people who are who own real estate, you know, you need lighting for their, for their apartment buildings. And they, we, we more, we more focus on apartment buildings and, um, you know, and the multifamily units. I sell lighting online as well, e-commerce, um, but that also just like music, that's something that I'm, I'm trying to grow as well, you know, so everything, all my careers I'm trying to bring up as we go. I like people that have a mindset of growing and I want to grow my business and things like that. Have you always wanted to go into lighting? Cause not at all. So <laughs> not at all. So you're right. So just to give a little background, my father has a very big lighting business, um, but he has a lighting business he's been doing for years. I always thought it was the most boring thing ever. I'm like, I'll, I, I said my whole life, I said, I even told my wife when I'm married, I don't know what I do for, you know, during the day besides music, but one thing, it ain't going to be lighting because it's so boring and I don't like it and, and I'm not doing it. And, you know, as, 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 as this uh, famous phrase in Yiddish, it means a man thinks, he plans, and God laughs. God says, you're going to do what I say you're going to do. You have, you, you're not in control of anything. We people, are, we're not in control of anything. God's in control of everything. Um, and I love it now. <laughs> I started liking it. I love it. Yeah, you know what? I'm like, you know what? This is this is great. There's there's, there's um, opportunities here. There's you know it's, it's cre- there's creativity. There's this thing. There's what to be done. And it took time, and I started liking it. You know, you can't never say this is my. That's why I always thought. Never say never. You know, I'm not going to sing that song now. <laughs> never say never. But um, <laughs> oh, but never say. You know, we're not in control of anything. You never know. I never even tried it. I didn't even really. My father, growing up, never brought work home. He never really spoke about work, and it, and all what I thought it was was boring, and not interesting. And he and after I started getting involved and seeing what he did, like, hey, you know, this is interesting. Let me get involved. What do you love about lighting? Because it's very interesting. You were like, I'm not doing that. And now you're, you love it. So what do you love about it? Okay. So truthfully, I probably like it because, you know, anything that you start getting, you know, I want to say good. I don't, I don't want to say good, but something you start getting familiar with and you, you put so much work in. So then you, then you start liking it because I put so much effort into it. But there is, um, you know, it, there's a satisfaction if somebody's doing a big project and he needs, you know, he or she needs, these different lighting fixtures for this, you know, and doesn't know where it goes and where again, you help them out. And you, I, one thing about it, I, I love like helping people. I love, you know, I love, you know, I was, when I was working for my father's company, I was in sales, I was helping clients. That's something, you know, even though it's, I wouldn't call it a life-changing thing, but you're helping someone. It's a good feeling. So the fact helping somebody out and um, helping him, I wouldn't say I design, I'm not a designer anyway, like yourself. Um, but helping him get what he needs and customer satisfaction is always um, is always satisfying for you know for me. Again, if it would be in another industry and I can help someone, I would probably like that too. That, but that, that's you know I'm able to help people out in this industry, so that's something that I like about it. Would you would you also like to help people even if they're your competitors? Sure, sure. I mean, I work with competitors. I actually have it's funny. There's a, there's another lighting store. She does a little different. She more does more a little more retail. I don't do retail besides online, 
Um, and I'm in contact with her uh, all the time, the owner of that, of that lighting store. And I'm kind of all the time, hey, I have, I have this uh, overstock. You want it? I'll give it to you, you know. And we speak and sometimes she helps me because she's a, she's a designer and she knows the design so well. And we work together on projects. And of course, it's, it's, it's about always being there for somebody. It doesn't matter if I'm competition or not. But yeah, there's so much stuff out of people. People ask me, can I have a catalog? Can I have a catalog? I'm like, there's millions of lighting products I can get you from so many different manufacturers. I can't give you a catalog in what, in what, um, you know, uh, what I can get you. you can get, tell me what you, what you like and I'll try to find it for you. So that is, it's very, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very big general industry. It's not, you know, here are these five fixtures and that's it. Hold on a minute. I just connected something in my brain. Yeah. Okay. I follow this guy on LinkedIn named Nate Bodner. <laughs> but I know you as Uzi Bonner and I was looking at this picture. I'm like, it looks like Uzi Bonner, but it's probably a brother or something. You guys have the same picture. And that right. guy's fighting guy. So that must be you. So explain like what the what's the name? Like you don't go by Uzi. First of all, is that you? Right. So as a <laughs> Are you Nate Bonner? Yes, yes, yes. That is me. I'm sorry. I apologize. That is me. That is me. It's the same person. It's not my 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 twin brother. As I said, I have no brothers, so it can't be me. That is me. The reason why I go by Nate is, as I mentioned before, my name is Uziel Nachum. I've gone for you know a couple of years calling myself Uzi in the lighting industry as well, and then and when I was working for the other company, and it was just a horror. For like Uzi, what you know? In a way, it's a very good conversation opener. Like, what's your name? And just, I didn't want people to get confused. Like, Uzi, like the gun, you know? So I used to get that all the time. And so I just said, let me make it simple for people who also not from the religious community. My name is Nate. And I didn't want to mix music and then, you know, and then and the lighting of the street together. So I said, I'm Nate over here and I'm Uzi in music. Very so I go by Nate in that. So Nate's your English name. Your parents put that on your on your birth certificate. No, no, that I, I for the life of me, I can't figure out what they were thinking. My my, my legal name is Uziel Bodner. I, I I don't get it still. I hope they're hearing this. <laughs> so no, they, I, I've told this many times. You know what, uh, Baruch Hashem, it's, it all works out. Just you know, sometimes when I have to in- introduce myself, people take a double a double take. What is real? And someone's like, yeah. Just go with it. It's real. There you go. What's next for you? Do you see yourself coming out with a music video? If you do, what goes into making a music video? What are some ups and downs? A very good question. I actually, music videos is such a, in a way, it's, so, it's even harder than making the, the actual music because you want to be, I'll be honest with you, I don't watch, I don't get through most of people's full music videos. And you, you got to catch the viewer's attention in the first 10 seconds, 10, 30 seconds, you don't want to put out the same, you know, the same old things everyone's doing and this, this, the same, you know, just performing the song, which I do, I have done that and I, and I will continue to do that. But, you know, you want to be unique, like as, as we've been discussing, you want to be unique. And sometimes, you know, when you, you put out a music video and, it, and you watch it back before you release it and it didn't quite capture what you wanted. Um, and it just like, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of creativity needs to go in that. Um, I actually, we shot a music video for my Hey House song. It didn't capture what I wanted. I made the decision, should I put this out or should I not put this out? And I decided, you know, hold on. The song's not going anywhere. You'll put it out. You'll put out another music video when you're, when you're ready. And you'll, you'll get it the way you'd like it. 
Uh, and I understand not, nothing's perfect and nothing, nothing ever will be perfect in life. But, you know, you want to, once you're doing something with so much work and so much money put in, you want to, you want to get it right. You want to get it right. You want to, let me just do it right. So, hey, how we where I'm going to work on a music video for that eventually. Uh, I also, with this new song, Kiati Madi, I was, I was in the middle of working on a music video. I was going to release it with a regular music video. I decided to release the song first. So it just got a little busy the past couple of weeks, but I hope to work on that soon. I actually had um, organizations reach out to me actually just yesterday that they're interested in making a music video to that song with me um, and with their organization. I'm not going to say any names yet because, because nothing's confirmed, but we're in the middle of discussing that. So we might do that with an organization. We might not, but we hope to... Um, put out a music video for those two songs very soon. That's really exciting. Yeah. Is it hard to put out a music video? Like, do you have to hire a whole video crew? And how does it work? Yes. Yes, you do have to hire a whole uh, a whole video crew. You do have to hire... It's not usually a crew. You hire either a company or a guy doing it. I put out a music video all, like almost a year ago. Uh, one of my slow songs from the album. And I'll, I'll plug him right now because he's so amazing. Menachem Weinstein. Menachem, if you're listening to this... You're the man. He actually just moved to Florida. So anyone who's in Florida and needs music videos done, he's the guy. I wanted to do another one with him, but he's not in the neighborhood anymore. You usually hire a company like him. So, he's so creative. He's done so many videos out there. Um, you know, and these things are not cheap. They, 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 they cost a lot of money, and you don't even know where, how it's going to end up. You, you have to get someone like Menachem, who you trust, you, you like his, his, his material, um, to know, like, okay, it's in good hands. But it's it's very, yeah, it's very hard. You got to find, depends really what you want to do. I mean, you got to find lo- a, a good shooting location. You got to, sometimes you need to be in front of a green screen to put, you know, different backgrounds. You got to, it takes, these things take tedious hours and hours. People don't realize how much hours and time and money, um, uh, you know, goes into this. And, you know, people, only after I started doing it, like I started appreciating other people's work, like, you know, most of us, oh, you see a music video, you watch 25 seconds of it, you're done. The guy just put in 20, to whatever X amount of thousands of dollars, not 20, I was going to say, I was going to say like, like hours and hours, but, um, you know, give him at least a decency, watch his whole video, give a like, give or, or give a comment, you know, um, uh, Molly puts up this great uh, podcast that she's putting out and a lot of work goes into it. A lot of work you put, I'm sure you put into this, into the show and people have to understand how much work you put into this, how much time, even, even if it's not a crazy investment, which it can or it can't be, I don't know, but so much work, so much time, so much effort and so much sleepless nights going to, uh, right. You know, we're, you know, we're really in the same business. We do things that, you know, we try to bring our creativity and so much sleepless nights, so much hours and time and tears and sweat go into it. So viewers and listeners should understand that, you know, we're not doing this for our, you know, we're not doing this for our health. I, okay, I guess we are because we're doing this because it's really like we enjoy it. <laughs> but we're doing this so people should, other people should enjoy it as well and, you know, at least show a little back. That's all. Thank you so much for bringing that up because people have no idea how much work goes into, let's say, now that I do podcasting and I and I know how much time goes into this, how much more I could just like appreciate artists' music and your music videos and 
how much more I want to push for you guys. And I want to, I want to interview you guys because I want to, I want people to know who you are even more. And I want people to get a bigger understanding of what it means to put out something in the artist sense, you know, music, podcasting. I could spend right now, I'm working on an episode that's very hard for me to edit. And that's only editing. You know what I'm saying? It's not talking about preparing exactly. and interview. And there's so many hours, but why do we do it? Because we love it. And right. Exactly. And I, and, and I agree to hundred percent of that. And like you said, sometimes like that episode doesn't work out. I've had that on music videos. I had already two music videos that like I put so much time, so much hours and so much sweat into it. And it just, we're not in control. It's all Hashem. It, it just doesn't work out sometimes to nobody's fault. Right. I mean, maybe sometimes it is. I don't know what the person, you know, what, what, what the situation is. But many, many times, I would say most of the times, it's no one's fault. It just, it didn't go exactly as you want. And you want to, and you want it to be really good. You want it to be nice. You want it to be, you know, perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the business. That's, we have to just, you know, understand. We, you win some, you lose, you lose some. And you, you got to just keep telling yourself. And, and, and it's, and, and let, let me know if, if you agree. It's depressing. Like I just put so much hours and work, and like I, I can't, I just can't, I just forget it, can't do this no more. But you gotta just keep pushing yourself. You're going, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're going strong. Just keep pushing. You can't let yourself get down. I wonder if you feel the same way. But sometimes when I feel self down, I had a really hard day last week where I was just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like, why is everything not, like nothing's working out for me? I have one one person I know. I'm not gonna say if it's a relative, it's a friend. Every single thing this person touches turns to gold. And I was really upset. And I was like, I don't understand what's working out. And literally two hours later, I was like, Hashem, please help me out. Literally two hours later, I get a call from somebody who just literally transformed everything, gave me bigger opportunities, new opportunities. Now I'm working on some incredible things because. Give us up. Give, give us give us a t- uh, sneak peek. What are you working on? Um, something exciting. I can't really talk about it right now because I don't say nobody, even when I was doing my podcast, nobody knew I was working on anything. Even my best friends, no one knew I was doing anything. Everyone thought I was sitting at home doing nothing all day until it came <laughs> out. So this specific thing, I was on the phone yesterday for over like two hours working on it. Um, I'm very excited. I'll let you guys know in a few weeks. So excited. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'll let you know when it's, when it's all, when it's all done, but I'm, I don't, even my mother doesn't know what I'm working on right now because it's something I'm very excited about and I don't talk about anything until it's done. So that's how it goes. But it's just showed how like Hashem was there with me. Hashem realized, oh my gosh, you're going through a struggle. And I was really, I said, Hashem, I'm done. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to continue. And then Hashem sent me this message like two hours later, like he gave me like hope and he gave, brought me on something bigger. So I wonder, is that how you feel also? Like sometimes you feel like I can't go on, like, why am I even doing this? But then somehow it all turns around. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I had that scenario many times. Um, and uh, in, in business and in, in music, how I was like, oh man, how, how am I going to do this now? I'm, I'm stuck. I can't, I, I, this is just not going to work out. And all of a sudden, boom, I get like, you know, I'll get a whatever, whatever the scenario may be. I'm not going to get the specifics. It just got solved like that. And then, and then as life goes on, more things come up. And we have to remind ourselves, like, it, it's going to be okay. Just like Hashem helped me out until now, he'll get me through this. It's not the biggest deal. He'll get me through this. And it, it, exactly what you said, I had the same situations many times. I don't know, something in business, you know, you, uh, I'll, give you I'll, give, I'll give an example. Like, you know, uh, let's say some project doesn't work out and I have the merchandise already and I can't return it. And what am I going to do now? I'm stuck with this. I, oh, you know, I, you know, the, the vendor needs to be paid. 
And then boom, in a second, somebody else comes and gets it off your hands and, and, and problem solved. And these things happen numerous times. We just have to remember that nothing's in our control. And Kiyati Imadi, Hashem is always with us. And even if, even if sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to, it doesn't. But that's the way it was supposed to be. Wow. I'm yeah. literally just so amazed because mm. I'm so excited for people to hear this interview because there's so much more to you than just your, the songs that you play. Now people know you're in lighting. And now all your lessons, I'm so, so just happy that I was able to interview you. Before we go, is there anything else you would like to add? First of all, I'd like to add first that what I want to just talk about you for a second. What you're doing is an amazing thing. I, I think I think your podcast is, is amazing. You, you, you interview diff, many different people from many different backgrounds. As I was actually last night, I was going through a lot of your interviews and I was playing it to my wife. I'm like, oh, I'm going on here tomorrow. And she's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Well, that sounds interesting. And it's a really cool thing what you're doing. And I just wanted to all your listeners, you know, you should have a lot of atzlacha. I'm hoping you have a lot of atzlacha with this. You should take it to far places. I think you're a very unique thing. There's not too many, you know, not, not so much of this in, you know, in the Jewish world. And I just want to wish you a lot of atzlacha in this. And, and I love what you're doing. Oh, I mean, thank you so much. That literally the positive feedback is what keeps me going. You know, I, I'll just add on that. And I know you have to end already. But just add on that. Um, yeah, there were many times where I, I thought, you know, like, no, I don't know. Should I continue doing this? Should I not? Should I, I'm putting in so much money and so much whatever and getting, you know, other people involved. Like, why am I doing this? And maybe I should just give up. And um, somebody else who told me who also, um, I'll actually say who it is. It's my father. He, 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 to, he told me, um, he, I don't know if you can, you can look him up. And he gives, he's a businessman, but he gives speeches. He's, you know, he's, he's actually a rabbi. He has a shul in, uh, in Farakaway. Uh, you can look it up. And, you know, sometimes he'll give, let's say, a share or something and, you know, not not that much of attendance or something like that. And he'll say, like, oh, well, why do I bother? You know, why do I bother? You know, and he's like, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. Never, ever, ever, ever give up what you're supposed to be doing. Never give up. God gave you a talent, creativity. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. It will go. It will. It will go where it's supposed to go. No matter what we're going through, we all we gotta remember whether it's good or bad. We're never ever ever alone. Sometimes we feel so alone, and myself included. There are many times in my life it's like I just can't continue doing whatever I'm doing anymore. I just I, I just feel like I, I can't I can't do this anymore. And we just gotta remember, gotta take a deep breath and say we're not alone in this. Hashem's help, you know. Hashem's helped everyone else. It helps everyone else to help me too. Um, no matter what we're going through, it's kiati imadi. Wow, you are igniting like another piece of fire or something inside of me because I needed to hear that today. I really, right. really, really did. And you're really just, its that's really inspiring. Thank you for having me. Well, you just listened to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and that was Uzi Bodner. If you liked what you just heard, please go give us a follow on Instagram at Hebrew underscore hits and a like and subscribe to all your favorite streaming apps. All of Uzi's links are in the description below. Go follow him on YouTube and on Instagram. We'll be back next week, same time, same place.